1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On the Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. Well, Asif, I wanted to share the results of a recent survey conducted by Leger. And now, while the results reflect Quebec residents, I wanted to share some of the specific numbers. It said, in Quebec, 82% of residents who intend to buy or sell a house in the coming year, plan to use the services of a real estate broker. This is an increase of more than 20 percentage points compared to the stats from 2013. Now, obviously, you agree with these findings, but why do you think the change? You know, Tina, this is a great question, and and this is what we see all the time when a market stabilizes or it becomes a balanced market. People need the services of a realtor because it's not an ultra-hot market anymore where everything is selling. Now you need the expertise of someone that's a professional to come in and help you sell your property, help you identify all the nuances, and, and just help you find the buyers for this property. If you're a buyer, you can't just go around and find these properties anymore. You know, inventory's been down for a number of years, and and this is what's happening is, you know, they need someone on the inside to be able to guide them and help them and protect them in a transaction. Now, the data also shows that the level of trust in real estate brokers and the perceived value of their services has increased significantly. Furthermore, Quebecers are now more fearful than before of buying or selling a property without assistance. Now, I know you talked about this just briefly, but let's remind our listeners, what are the specific kinds of expertise uh, that a real estate broker can bring to the table? I think first and foremost, it's protecting you in a transaction. There's a lot of fraud that's been going on over the last few years. There's not only mortgage fraud, but with title, with, uh, you know, grow houses or former grow houses or stigmas that were attached to properties. When you're selling a house privately, you don't necessarily have to disclose all that or you don't disclose all that. When you're using the services of a realtor, they're bound by very strict guidelines and have to do their homework, disclose these uh, facts and and material facts and make sure that you are well versed and protected in the transaction so that in turn results in more of a trust factor established between the buyer and seller and the realtor and you also encourage uh, folks to do their homework when trying to find a broker right exactly you should most of the times uh, we're referred to from people that have trusted us and and had a good experience and you can go on the internet and find realtors, but you still want to make sure that the person that you're picking is qualified and able to handle your transaction. All right. Well, let's talk numbers now. And uh, this is the last weekend in May, but last weekend was the long weekend. Did, it have, did that have a good or bad impact on the market? Well, with the long weekend and, and finally having good weather, Everyone relatively. was outside. Relatively <laughs> good weather. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you had people that were out and about, and it wasn't that busy for real estate sales. And what it's done is last week, you know, we talked about sales for May possibly being on pace to hit 33% over last May. And the long weekend, the great weather, people being out there, 
it really took a bite out of sales and we're only on pace for a 27% increase. Only? <laughs> wow. <laughs> because as so, soon as you walked into the studio today, you said, we've been busy. It's been it nonstop. Been. And that's a good thing, obviously. It really is. And it's, it's busy relative to last year, but it's normal compared to the previous years because the activity has been steady. And that's, that's what happens at this time of the year. This is when people are getting ready. School's about to come to an end. Can you believe that? It's almost uh, the end yes. of June. So uh, school's about to come to an end and people are planning their move and where they're going to be. They're starting to look around and it's been really brisk out there. Our inventory's still down. We're down 9.3%. And already, if the month ended today, we'd be up 8.5% for year-to-date sales. But we still have the rest of May to go, and we're on pace for just over 1,500 sales last year. In May, we only had uh, 1,189 sales, which is, it was still relatively good. But for 1,500 sales, that's uh, almost a 30% increase over last year. So you said your team has been busy. What have they been busy specifically with? Listings are selling. They're actually selling really quick, and and we're getting multiple offers. We're getting... uh, you know, seven, eight people interested in the listing where our buyers are just out there in droves right now because there's been a lot of pent up demand. People didn't buy last year. So it wasn't a permanent adjustment in people's mindsets. It was just them holding off temporarily. So all of those people are back in the market now. Uh, leases, so many people looking for leases because that's what's affordable in around York region right now and a lot of activity with listings and buyers looking for homes. And you know what? You're absolutely right. I'm just going to share an anecdote from my own neighborhood. Uh, We had a house for sale in our neighborhood. It sold very quickly, lots of activity. And now the calls have started from agents saying, we have buyers for your home. How legitimate are those calls? Well, when there's a shortage of inventory right now, we have 54,000 agents almost. So you're going to get those calls. And are they legit? If it's the listing agent, then you know that they probably had four or five offers on this property and they have buyers or other agents that are interested in purchasing a property in this neighborhood. But you're going to get a lot of people that it's a script. I mean, this is what the coaches teach you. When you see a sold sign in your neighborhood that you're farming, call people and try to get a listing. And so what do you do then as someone who is in that neighborhood, maybe sitting on the fence right now? How do you deal with these calls? If you're sitting on the fence and you have a realtor that you can trust, then, you know, give them a call and find out what the activity is. You also have to be reasonable in what you're expecting for price. Some people will say, well, if that's much, if there's that much attention to this area, then I'm going to get $50,000 more. It's not going to happen because the bank's not going to appraise your house for that. So someone may put it down on paper, but the deal won't close. So if you're reasonable and you want to sell and you need to sell, this is a great time to get on the market. All right. When we come back, our real estate lawyer is here with all the answers. Stay with us. You're listening to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Thank you, Tina. Joining us next on the show is real estate lawyer and broker owner from Remax Empire Realty, Ricky Rathor. Ricky, welcome back. Thank you. Ricky, it's been 
crazy busy in the market, as you know, and there's a lot of questions between, hey, should I buy a house? Should I buy a condo? And, you know, with a house, people know they're getting the house, whatever's inside, the lot, you know, this dimension by that dimension. But with a condo, what are people actually buying? So what's common today, and, and there's various types of condos, but I don't think it's worth having a conversation about the different types. What most people are acquiring today is a residential unit plus an undivided proportionate share interest in the common elements. So what that means is you own the actual space itself within the unit, and then you've got an actual interest in the elements common to the collective unit owners, which include things like the gym, the parking lot, the sauna, the stairwells, hallways, those sorts of things. And isn't that where our condo fees go? Yeah, absolutely. So whatever you do within your, own, uh, within your own unit, for the most part, is up to you. There are rules and regulations and bylaws that regulate what you can and cannot do. Uh, but essentially, your maintenance fee is determined by the cost that the corporation is going to fund. And, and that's a great point because you're going to get some condos which will say, hey, our maintenance fees are $450 a month. Other condos saying they're $650 a month. They all I- include your water, your electricity, maybe. Now most condos have separate meters. But where that extra money comes in is, does it have a pool? Does it have 24-hour security? Does it have uh, underground parking? And that's where you're going to get the extra maintenance fees. It's to maintain those common elements. Yeah, one of the funniest questions I've, I've ever uh, received from a client is, hey, I've got a membership with a, with a gym. I don't want to use the corporation's gym, so can I just deduct that from my monthly maintenance? Yeah, can I opt out? <laughs> no, you can't. You can't opt out. All right. <laughs> and, and, and then when we sell a condo, it's always conditional on the sale of a status certificate. So for our listeners, Ricky, let them know what a status certificate actually is and what they should be looking for within that status certificate. So a status certificate, in essence, gives you a snapshot of what's happening with the corporation uh, from a financial perspective, from the reserve fund perspective. Every three years, you've got an audit where you've got an inspector that comes in and and qualifies the lifespan for the existing common elements. And based on that, they decide, they they advance rather to the board of directors uh, the information so they can determine and establish whether the maintenance fee should go up or stay where they are or go down, so on and so forth. So if you have a new build condo, though, you likely wouldn't have a status certificate then, right? No, you'll still get one. Oh. You're still going to get it on closing, but there wouldn't be much to report in there. And, and also, one of the things that the lawyers seem to look at in the status certificate, or, or the question, one of the, the most common questions, is how much is in the reserve fund? How do you determine if a reserve fund is accurate? And you know, does it, what does it have to do with this three-year survey, and are there costs that that are proportionate to making a status certificate reserve fund adequate. So when you buy a house, you're responsible for everything. You know, you got to change the roof. That's on you. It's in your pocket. Uh, You've got to repave the driveway. That's on you. And a condo, what happens in your unit, your renovations, that's your own business. But as far as the common elements are uh, concerned, you have to maintain those. And so the inspector comes in and says, these are the projected lifespans for these different elements. And so on these critical years, we need X amount of dollars. And based on that information, the board of directors goes back and and makes sure that you have adequate reserves. It all comes down, Asif, uh, to the number of units within the building and more importantly, you know, what kind of infrastructure that's in place because you have to have the reserves in place to make sure that as the building ages, you can repair it as required. And I guess one of the main things that you look for is special assessments. You want to make sure there's no special assessments because then you're going to be paying more money. A special assessment is exactly what? So 
Before we jump into special assessments, there's a couple of things. As an attorney, when I look at a status certificate, I'll look for, for example, how many units are rented. It's usually reported in the certificate. And some of my buyers are very much concerned with this because uh, they don't want to end up buying into a property where the predominant number of units are rented. And what I find is is that <clears throat> that's actually uh, it's a good concern because a lot of the landlords, as long, as long as they're getting their money on a monthly basis, their bottom line looks good, they're apathetic. They don't really care what happens on the day-to-day uh, uh, basis as far as the condominium a corporation is concerned, and that's when you find these buildings start falling into disarray, and and, and you end up with these situations where you've got these special assessments. So what is a special assessment? Special assessment occurs when the corporation is short on funds, and so they actually bill the individual unit owners for any sort of uh, expenses that they might incur, right? Now, how do we end up at a situation like this? So again, you've got to look at it, and when when I'm looking at this uh, status certificate from a legal perspective, I look at lawsuits. Are there any lawsuits? Are there special assessments? Are there adequate reserves from what we can see? And on the basis of that, I report back to the buyer. Let's say, for example, there's a slip and fall and there's a million dollar lawsuit on the table. Nine out of the 10 times the insurance company will cover that. But God forbid the insurance company doesn't cover that. All of the unit owners would be responsible for for their proportionate share of that lawsuit. Now, to quickly break it down, if I've got, for example, 100 units in a building at 1,000 square feet each, that means that each one of those unit owners owns 1% interest in the the, the building itself, which means that if there's a million-dollar lawsuit, you could be potentially on the hook for 1% of that lawsuit. And and with lawsuits, I want to clarify, it's, it's very important for us to be able to send our clients to a real estate lawyer to look at status certificates. Quite often, and we've had this conversation offline a lot, and it's, you know, lawyers that aren't well-versed with status certificates trying to evaluate a status certificate. And when it comes to lawsuits, Ricky, you'll know uh, this as well, but... There's okay lawsuits, as in slip and fall. Every condo corporation has slip and fall lawsuits, which it's not going to affect anything. But if you have lawsuits against the builder and such, those are going to affect the status certificate. So maybe just clarify, you know, good lawsuits and bad lawsuits, if we can say that. Yeah, so it all comes down to the insurance. And quite frankly, when you're looking at a condominium, a lot of buyers say, hey, I don't care. I'm happy with it. I've got such a good, good, good purchase here. Asif and his team helped me acquire this unit at <laughs> such a good price point that I just don't care because I've got such a good t- deal on the table. Now, that's fine. My job is to give you legal advice. If you choose not to take it and you go ahead with the deal anyway, that's up to you. But that, I would say, is only the case if you're a cash purchaser. When you're obtaining financing, as a lawyer, when I get the mortgage instructions, it always has a condition that I have to obtain a status certificate and review it and report on any issues. So the status certificate could be used as a condition as a condition in the offer? Oh, it's always... Well, it always absolutely. is? You'll make the offer conditional, but some... Uh, buyers will say, no, we don't want to look at it. We don't want to lose the unit because we've got such a good deal. I see. But what I'm going to tell you as a lawyer in writing to make sure you have informed consent of this is that if something comes out, if you don't get the seller to provide it, you will have to provide it. You're going to have to pay for it because ultimately the, the lender might say, hey, unless you've got the status certificate and you're happy with it, we're not going to fund this deal. And all of a sudden now you haven't put a condition in there. The seller hasn't provided it. You're five days from closing. And I give, I give the client a call saying, I need a status certificate. Now you've got to rush order it, pay double the fees to get that status certificate. And then if there's an issue, I have to report to the lender. Lender might come back and say, we pull out. It's too bad. Oh, my. Yeah, with status certificate, you need about a week to order the status certificate. It's it's usually about 10 days. You can put a rush on it for an extra $100. I think it's $100 to order it normally and $200 if you want to put a rush on it. And and you can get it, but we don't recommend that any of our clients go into a a condo purchase without a status certificate. Yeah, just to touch on that really quickly as well, it doesn't doesn't just relate to purchases. 
if you're refinancing your condo, you've got a you've got a mortgage with a lender now, and you want to transfer that mortgage, you want to pay it out and put in another mortgage, get more equity out of the property, what have you. Even in the refinance, the lender will require a status certificate. Great information, Ricky. And and with status certificates or condo purchases. If our listeners want to get more information on their status or send you the status for review, where can they get a hold of you? They can contact me directly at 416-731-8478. We're happy to help. When we come back, we get to your real estate questions and this week's hot listing. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 1059 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with Remax Prime Properties. Time now for our listener questions. The first one comes from Gregory in Toronto. Our family is considering the purchase of a cottage, but we don't know where to start. How do I find an agent to help me with my search? And when is the best time of year to start our search for a cottage? Great question, Gregory. And this is something that we see more often than not is agents from the city thinking that they can go up to the Kawarthas or the Muskoka and think they could sell a property. But there's so many differences when you're selling a property as compared to selling a home or a condo. There's wells, there's septic, there's, you know, what type of heat do they have? There's so many different things that need to be considered. And you need someone that is well-versed in the cottage it's, it's itself. So the not only the areas, you know, are the roads 12 months roads, are they all season, you know, do they close them? There's so much that goes into purchasing the right cottage and also satisfying all the the conditions you need someone local and once you figure out which areas you want to be in we can actually refer you to an agent that's from the cottage areas that can assist you now what about the best time of year to purchase a cottage because right now you know you you want to go up there you want to spend some time you might you know put in an offer that is possibly higher than a little bit later in the year when it's not cottage country time. What do you think about that? I think this is a great time to buy because you actually get to see what you're going to be purchasing. If you're purchasing in the winter when there's three feet of snow outside, you have no idea what you're purchasing. There's a lot of things that could get hidden. So right now you're going to see, you know, this is what I need to do. I need to fix the dock. I need to, you know, make sure that the the water levels remain you know, constant. So there's a lot of things that you can actually see right now that you won't see at other times during the year. So this is a really good time to buy. Plus, you can spend the next three to six months there just enjoying it and also fixing things up. So don't wait. I wouldn't wait. Okay, our next question comes from Jenna in Aurora. And she says, we are not quite empty nesters, but we want to purchase a condo in southern York region in case our kids plan to attend university in the city. We do not want a new build and need at least two bedrooms. Where do we begin? Another great question. And again, this is happening a lot where people are smart sizing. So they're they're heading into these larger condos. So we want to make sure that, one, you're in an area that's accessible to the city if, you know, the kids want to attend university and they're still going to be staying with you. But at the same time, what are your size requirements? You know, do you, would you be able to 
fit everything into an 800 square foot condo? Do you need something that's a little bit larger, maybe 14, 1600 square feet? And then we can point you in the right direction because there are a lot of older condos which are larger, which are great prices still. And they could be in the southern part of York region, northern part of Toronto. But there's some really good deals out there for these larger condos. Maintenance fees, you're going to pay a little bit more because it's by square foot. Okay. But, uh, but if you're okay with that, and, and it also depends. With the older condos, usually you can get two parking spots or at least one. With the newer ones, you're going to have to pay for the parking spots. So there's a lot of variables that will come into play. And we'd love to have a chat with you to discuss. So this will circle back to our earlier conversation, which is to get in touch with an agent who knows this type of property and is an expert in that type of property, right? Exactly. And you, especially if this is going to be such a big move when you're changing from a home to a condo, you want to have someone that's going to help you and guide you through. If our listeners have more questions for you and want to connect directly, Asif, how can they do that? They can get us at 416-985-CON. That's 416-985-5426. And just before we go, this week's hot listing and joining us next in studio is Heather Cooper from REMAX Prime Properties. Heather, over to you. Thanks, Tina. This week, we've actually got two identical professional office spaces. They are private soundproof offices in an amazing location in downtown Markham. You've got transit at your doorsteps, minutes to the 404, 407. They're ideal for professionals, insurance, accounting, mortgage brokers, even realtors. Um, There's a great opportunity for cross-referrals. You've got everything included. You've got a common kitchenette, housekeeping, security system, common reception area. You've got unlimited underground parking, unlimited internet. It's fully furnished, utilities included. Just move in and get right to work. Asif, this sounds like a pop-up office space. It really is, and and this is where everyone's going. I mean, a lot of, even the big corporations are downsizing and allowing people to work from home or in these almost virtual office spaces, but it's a great way to, you know, get out of your house, you know, work out of a, a, a space that you can be alone in. You don't have screaming kids behind you and everything like that, uh, but great area. I mean, you have everything right around you in downtown Markham. And you mentioned the term, Heather, cross-referral. What does that mean? So, again, so let's say you have an insurance uh, realtor, you've got a mortgage broker. We all are intertwined in what we do. We, so we can kind of refer each other back and forth and, and work together. Sounds good. Okay, one more time, the highlights of these properties and where our listeners can get more information. Okay, the address here is 3601 Highway 7 East. The listing price on this is eight ninety five a month. Again, there's two identical units side by side. And also, these spaces can also be leased together. So you can either take one of these spaces, or if you're a larger operation and you need two, you can take both. They're side by side, and it's a great place for a small business to expand or even grow. And Heather, one more time, where our listeners can get more information. They can contact Kara Daniels or Laura Lee Prinzen at 905-554-5522. Thanks, Heather. Asif, that's our show for this week. Great show, Tina. Thank you very much. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to our website, 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.